Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my heart. Come Our first award goes to the vampires for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. vampire lovers the sun is going down and you know what that means it's time for me to record my latest episode of my vampire podcast the beautiful dead before i get started um, i am going to cover a movie i have not seen in quite some time so it was fun to go back and watch it again Uh, But before I do that, I just want to remind you that if you have any requests for movies or shows or books that you would love for me to cover, uh, make sure you send me an email at lena at lenanazari.com. If you go to my website, again, lenanazari.com, you can see links to all of my socials and there's lots of ways to contact me and reach out to me. I'm very excited. I've already had a couple requests come across and uh, I've actually lined up a couple guests. So I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, In the meantime, I I probably should have said this in the first two episodes, but like I said, this is a work in progress and I am learning. Uh, If you have not seen the show or movie that I'm going to talk about, spoiler alert, (laughs) I should have probably said that in the first two episodes, so I apologize if I ruined anything for anybody, but uh, spoiler alert, I will likely give away some things, specifically how the vampires die if they do die, Um, and when I get into bigger episodes like some TV shows, I will cover the entire season, so I'm likely going to ruin some things for people who have not seen it yet, so again, I would like to say to my listeners out there, vampire spoiler, okay? I am going to ruin stuff for you. So tonight we are going to talk about the 1998 film Vampires, uh, directed by John Carpenter. So quite often this movie is referred to as John Carpenter's Vampires. John Carpenter, uh, for you horror movie fans, is a huge name. This is his foray into vampires, and it is it's different it's unique it's not like uh, many of the other vampire things but there is some parallels that i'm going to mention that i caught when i was re-watching it yesterday it stars james woods uh, daniel baldwin cheryl lee and thomas ian griffith uh, james woods plays jack who is a vampire hunter daniel baldwin plays anthony who is another hunter who travels with jack Uh, Cheryl Lee, who is um, quite famous as Laura Palmer in Twin Peaks, plays Katrina, who is a a vampire victim, you may say. And then Thomas Ian Griffith, he plays uh, Jean Valak 
And uh, just an interesting note, Valak is also the name of the nun in the Conjuring series. So going back and watching this movie, it was very hard every time they said Valak for me to not think about the Conjuring. Um, so when I talk about vampires, as I am talking about this film, this does something a little bit different. <clears throat> it actually separates the vampires into two different types. There are what the hunters call goons. And then there are masters, and I will uh, tell you what that means here in a minute. Now, none of these other actors I just mentioned were in any other vampire films or shows or anything. However, there is an actor named Tim, um, I believe it's Guiney, Guinea, uh, who plays a priest in this movie, would actually be in Blade the same year. So he was in two vampire films in the same year, so that's kind of neat. Um, this movie is different in the fact that it's more about the hunters than the vampires themselves. Uh, it feels almost like a Western. It, it's set in, and I think New Mexico and then into Mexico. It's very, it's very dry and arid. There's a lot of dust and dirt happening. And um, all I kept thinking was, oh boy, the sun out there would just be brutal uh, for vampires. But um, Talking about the hunters, there is some similarities in this movie to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because in this movie, the hunters are called slayers. They refer to themselves as slayers. And also they have these idea of master vampires, which is also seen in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, like I said, there are goons, there are masters. The goons are kind of like the underling vampires. They come across as very basic, like animalistic, they're savage, they're driven by instinct, all they want to do is kill and eat. They're always wearing these like tattered, ripped up clothing. They don't seem to think very well. They're very they're kind of easier to catch and kill for the slayers. Whereas the masters are more of what you think when you think of a vampire. They're they're cunning. Um, they're all dressed in black. That's how you can tell the difference. They control the goons. They do talk whereas the goons just kind of scream. Um, but these are the big, powerful vampires that you're probably imagining. So the hunters are looking for what they call a nest, and that shows a parallel to a lot of um, other vampire lore, but specifically Supernatural. Supernatural uh, used that term nest, where they would say, we've found a nest, and that would be a dwelling where a bunch of vampires had gathered. And in this world... Um, the nests are a bunch of goons with one master. So when the hunters come across a nest, they expect to find a whole bunch of these animalistic goons and then a master. So the whole thing opens with them approaching a nest and um, they realize after they wipe out all the goons that the master is nowhere to be found. And we later actually see him rise up out of the dirt outside of the nest. So I don't know if he always sleeps there or he just happened to know that these hunters were coming, but he was out buried in the ground. The hunters, if you've never seen this movie, look almost like a biker gang. Um, black leather. They're kind of rough around the edges. After they clear out this nest, they're like partying at a hotel with hookers. And so they're, they're come across very much like a biker gang. Um, however, we find out that they are actually funded and hired by the church. So the Catholic church 
puts together these groups of slayers and funds them, funds them. And um, there is always a priest with them. So the priest will actually bless them before they go in for a hunt. Um, the groups of slayers are clearly very well funded because they have these like jeeps that have metal uh uh, ropes and, and cables attached to them that they'll pull the vampires out into the sun with. They have uh, crossbows and stakes and flamethrowers. They have these cool like chainmail collars that go around their necks to protect them from being bitten on the neck by the vampires. So kind of cool uh, the way that they present these groups of slayers all getting ready and being blessed by the priest to go into this nest and clear it out. So like I said, it opens with them going after a nest and they are successful in the fact that they clean out all the goons, but no master, which they do comment on. Then they go to this uh, motel and they just start, start partying and drinking. And at that point in time, the master does show up. So um, he gets Katrina off into a room by herself, bites her, and then she's sort of his slave. So... So let's do our vampire review, right? <clears throat> How are they made? Well, in the beginning of the movie, Katrina is bitten by the master uh, and the hunters come across Katrina, realize she's been bitten, decide to take her with them. Um, and they say she hasn't turned yet. It's under 48 hours. They mention that from this point that she's bitten until she turns, there's a telepathic link to the master. Uh, and as time goes on, it's going to get stronger and stronger. So they will use that to find the master and know what he knows um, so that they can kind of stay one step ahead of him. So it appears that you just have to be bitten to turn. So they almost treat it kind of like a virus that he must have in his teeth or his saliva because you just have to be bitten and then in a few days you turn. So um, after he goes after Katrina, the master goes into the motel and just wipes out like 20 people in a matter of minutes. Everyone except for Jack and Anthony who are off somewhere else. So this master, like I said, his name is Jan Valak, and I'll get to his story here in a little bit. But uh, he clearly is very powerful because he cuts through about 20 people in, in two minutes. Um, so that's why Jack and Anthony take Katrina and go on the run because they got to stay one step ahead of this master. It's nighttime. He can fly after them. So they get the heck out of there. Um, Throughout the course of this movie, as Katrina is becoming more and more vampire and less and less human, she almost appears like she's drunk or getting sick. She's kind of in and out of consciousness and in and out of control of herself and visions of Valak keep coming back to her and she can kind of see what he sees and know what he knows and that gets stronger as time goes on. Uh, sunlight, there's they're sticking to the standards that sunlight will um, kill a vampire. So the uh, goons get pulled out into the sun and they just burst into flames. So sunlight still a no-no in this universe. So they stuck with that one. However, the uh, overarching story of this is that Valak wants to track down this ancient black cross um, that he does find in a mission church, I think in Mexico. And, um, and he needs this cross because somehow it will make him able to walk in the sunlight. So obviously slayers don't want him to get a hold of this. Other than that, sunlight is a no-no. 
Uh, they are destroyed by a stake to the heart and sunlight, like I said. Uh, I will tell you in this world, and this kind of goes back to the old lore, if you are bitten, even if you're dead, you have to have a stake draw, uh, driven through your heart, have your head cut off, um, and then your body burned so that you don't come back. And that goes way back to old, old lore. So they did stick with that one. That's pretty classic. And um, when Jack goes back to do this to the 20 people that Valak has ripped through and bitten and attacked, he uh, buries their heads a mile away. So apparently the heads need to be very far away or they will come back. Um, as far as food goes, they never show any of the vampires eating food, so we're going to assume it's blood only for these guys. The fangs, they stay. They don't come and go. They're there all the time. And they are huge, huge. Think like snake, huge. Uh, so very hard to hide. <laughs> it's very obvious as soon as you see this guy, he's a vampire. Crosses don't seem to work. At one point, Valak... Uh, again, spoiler alert, does get a hold of the black cross and he just picks it up and walks away. So clearly crosses don't work. Garlic doesn't work. Um, they do have to feed on blood. Uh, we see them feed on blood quite often. We see him feed on Katrina. So blood is a thing. And um, those goons, I said, those animalistic vampires, that's all they're out for. They just want the blood. So blood is a thing. As far as where do they sleep, we never see coffins. Um, but like I said, Valak does sleep in the ground at one point, and later on in the movie there are more master vampires, and they also come up out of the ground. So it sounds like they find old abandoned places where there's no windows, or they can avoid the sunlight, or they sleep in the ground. Never see any coffins, so I guess that's not a thing. Um, as far as appearance goes, like I said, the goons are almost zombie-like in the way that they move, and they're always in these tattered, dirty clothes, hairs all teased out, and they just look like these zombies is all I can, all I can uh, think to describe them. The masters, however, I said, on the flip side, always in black, long black dresses, black trench coats. Um, most of them have dark hair. There was one blonde that I noticed. They have these long white nails, huge fangs. Um, I wasn't sure if they were trying to make the master vampires huge. It just so happens that Thomas Ian Griffith is 6'5", so he looked much bigger than all of the Slayers. I don't know if they did that on purpose or he just happens to be a very tall guy. Um, but towards the end of the movie, Valak is joined by seven other master vampires. They all look human. They look human, except for those gigantic fangs. I, I kept thinking, how on earth did they talk with these things? And they're massive. Um, their powers, they're extremely strong, the master vampires. Uh, at one point, Valak just, he just jams his hand right through a human. So very strong. Um, they can withstand bullets. They can fly. They can levitate. He's seen on the ceiling of someone's room. And then when uh, Jack and Anthony grab Katrina and drive, they're in a Jeep and they've got the pedal to the metal and he's flying and jumps onto the back of their car. So clearly he can fly very fast. And like I said, they sort of had these telepathic links with their victims. Um, some of the rules, so this is kind of interesting because normally I talk about the vampire's rules, um, but in this one we talk more about the hunter's rules because Anthony actually does uh, reference the hunter's rules multiple times. So 
there's at least 10, but we only get to hear three. So rule one is that if a slayer is bit, you never let him live. Rule three is uh, you never let someone bury a team member by themselves. And then rule 10 is you cannot kill a master at night. So we know one, three, and 10, but we don't know the rest of them. But apparently they have a lot of rules. And being funded by the church, I can only assume they have a lot of rules. Um, you never really learn much about the vampires themselves. They they are presented almost like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. They're, think of like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. They don't necessarily have to be in there. You don't have to see them just to know that everybody's in a bad situation. But when you do finally see them, you're like, oh no, these people are in trouble. So that's kind of how the vampires are created. And you guys know I love, love, love vampires. So for me to present it that way, they're kind of like a side story. So let's get to the good versus bad. In this universe, vampires are clearly bad. They are bad people. Um, the master, like I said, wipes through 20 people in less than a minute. Um, the fact that the Slayers are, are funded and protected by the church is obviously supposed to show you that um, the vampires are evil. Now, there's an interesting backstory for Valak that I thought was so interesting. And this is going to tie into what I loved about this world. The backstory for Valak is that he was a priest in the 1300s who turned against his faith. And because of this, he was burned at the stake. And then he returned to feed on human blood. As you get more and more of the story, it's revealed that he in fact is turned into a vampire because of a failed exorcism. So the exorcism somehow destroyed the body, left the body dead, but kept the spirit intact. And this black cross that he's looking for was used in the exorcism. So he needs the black cross and he needs a priest to perform the rest of this exorcism and finish the ritual, at which point in time he will be a master vampire who can walk in the sun. And as much as I root for vampires in this particular situation, I was like, nah, this, this dude has to be weakened by something, right? He can't, he would kill so many people. So I thought that was like a really cool twist. I always love the idea of where do vampires come from? And in this one, they, that was a very cool, I loved that concept. Things I hate. I've told you guys this before. I hate the hissing, the, the bearing of the fangs and hissing. Now I kind of let it slide in this one because the goons are supposed to be animalistic. They're supposed to be just like, they're just driven by the need to kill and eat. That's it. So it kind of made sense because it does make them seem more animalistic. But at one point in time, when Valak is joined by the seven other masters, they also bear their fangs and hiss a lot at the slayers. So you get to a point where you're like, oh my gosh, so much hissing. Uh, so moving on to uh, ratings. So uh, we're going to rate our, our vampires uh, as far as how evil or scary are these guys um, I'm gonna break this into two parts so I'm gonna I'm gonna rate the goons and then I'm gonna rate the masters the goons get uh, five out of ten stakes to the heart they are mindless which makes them it's that's why zombies are so scary right because they're completely mindless they all they know is to kill and eat um, but they do seem to be not that smart um, 
it seems like the hunters are able to get them and kill them pretty quickly. I, I will say that the hunters know what they're doing. So that could be a testament more to the hunters than to the, um, the goons' stupidity. However, they don't seem too formidable and they are trapped by the sun every day, all day. So the masters, however, I'm going to give them a solid 8 out of 10 stakes to the heart as far as um, their their level of evil and scariness, they, if given the power to walk in the sun, if the exorcism were to work and Valet can be in the sun, he gets a solid 10. Bad dude, bad intentions, not weakened by the sun, just bad for humans in general, right? However, he is limited by the sun, so that gives him an eight out of 10. There is an interesting moment where uh, the slayers are fighting a master and they get, they shoot her with a harpoon, which is attached to this metal cable, which is attached to a Jeep. And the Jeep is going backwards, again, pedal to the metal to pull her out into the sun. And she grabs onto a post and snaps the metal cable. So that is pretty darn strong. So we'll give them a solid 8 out of 10. And they seem to be very smart, very cunning. Like I said, they have telepathic links to their victims. So that makes them, of course, very formidable. Now, moving on to our uh, ratings as far as how sexy or alluring are these vampires in this universe, I'm excited to introduce a new part to my show, which is some sexy music to talk about our vampires. So here we go. Oh, that's, that's sexy. In this world, even though we've got some nice sexy music playing, they get a zero. They get zero onks. So I'm going to give zero onks to the goons. There is no sexual appeal to them at all. They clearly have no sway over anyone. I mean, they are just disgusting, right? However, the masters... They are a little more on the sexy side. They, they use some very attractive actors, so that, of course, helps them. Um, but when the master, Valak, first approaches Katrina, all you see in her face is terror. Clearly, they, humans are not enthralled by them at all. There's no part of them that says, I think I want to hook up with this guy. Um, so I'm going to give the master vampires a 2 out of 10 onks for sexiness and allure when it comes to humans. Overall, a very different kind of vampire movie. I had not seen it probably since 1998 when it came out, so it was fun to go back and watch. It shows the savagery of the vampires, but also the savagery of the hunters. You know, it shows how you have to be just as savage as the person you're trying to find and catch and overcome. I love the idea that the church pays the salaries of the slayers. That was very interesting. And like I said, I loved, loved, loved the idea of tracing the first vampire back to a failed exorcism, which was which was a very cool idea. Um, that is it for episode three. Um, John Carpenter's Vampires with uh, James Woods, of all people. It was hard in the beginning to, to really take him seriously as a vampire slayer. And that's just because of my experience with James Woods in other things. However, Thomas Ian Griffith 
was very good as a master vampire. Uh, for those of you that don't remember Karate Kid 3, he played Terry Silver in Karate Kid 3. So I already didn't like him when he walked on screen because I remember him helping Daniel betray Mr. Miyagi. So I, I immediately didn't like him. But as a vampire, he did a fabulous job. I would love one day to ask him what it was like to try and talk with those huge cobra fangs in his mouth. I can't imagine it was very easy. I will say... Valak has, I don't know, maybe a dozen lines in the whole movie. The vampires don't talk very much. So it really is more about the slayers than the vampires themselves. It's very interesting when, um, again, spoiler alert, everybody, when Katrina does turn into a vampire, how that plays out uh, was very interesting. Um, other than that, that is it for this episode of the Beautiful Dead Vampire Podcast. Again, I am Lena Nazari, your host. Please reach out to me if there's anything you'd like to hear. I cannot wait to introduce you to some of my guests here in the future. I will tell you, pretty soon I'm recording an episode on a TV show. Uh, I won't tell you which show just yet, but it did stay on for eight seasons, so I have a lot to talk about. I watched the final episode yesterday and cried my eyes out, so anybody who knows what I'm talking about will be excited to hear this, and that will have my very first guest on it as well, so I'm excited to record it pretty shortly. I do not plan on uploading as quickly as I have been recently. I wanted to get the first few episodes out so that you guys could understand really what I'm aiming to do and, and so that we could find some listeners and really I wanted to learn how to do this and, and really learn how I want my podcast to be, to be. My plan is to upload once or twice a week so it will slow down here soon but I sure am having a lot of fun and I thank you guys for making it to the very end and for all of your support and that's it for me and as I say to all of my fans I wish you wicked hugs and bloody kisses until the next sundown I'm Lena Nazari good evening <laughs>